When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. It's time now on the Overnight Crowd to chat with Jasper Chelifar of the Inner Sanctum all about what has been a massive day across the AFL media circuit. And Jasper, some big, big breaking news across AFL and AFLW today. Yeah, it's been absolutely huge, Jen. It's lovely to join you again. And you. Look, I mean, I think Port Adelaide would have originally thought they had the biggest announcement announcing their (laughs) inaugural uh, AFLW coach in Lauren Arnell, uh, only to be swiftly followed by, uh, look, there's going to be a Gil McLaughlin press conference and it turned out to be a real big one. Yeah, it's not too often you get to announce your inaugural AFLW coach, which is obviously, it is still a huge story and um, it's awesome to see another woman step into the coaching ranks in the AFLW as well. It's been, it's been a little bit lacking over the last few years, we know that, but um, you know, the, the Gill stuff shouldn't detract from how huge this is for um, the power and what a big get this is as well. She is so experienced. She um, everywhere she's gone, you know, she's had, she's had a lot of success. Mm. Um, and then she was obviously the first, you know, retired player to take on a um, senior AFLW coaching role now, which is a, a huge for the league. Um, and hopefully she's the first of many to come. Also kind of a clever move in a sense in that she's got great connection, I guess, Carlton originally, but in most recent terms, very well loved by players from the Brisbane Lions. So will that mean that there'll be a couple of extra players who are willing to follow her and be part of the Arnell gang again? Yeah, that's a great point, Jen, actually, because yeah, obviously she's such a beloved figure at both the Blues and the Lions, um, and it's coming into this trade kind of period and, and acquisition period for the AFLW with short turnaround times before it's August. We're only a few months away, which is ridiculous to think about um, for the new season starting. So I think she, she could definitely be bringing a few of those lines over, some, some premiership players possibly for support Adelaide in their inaugural season. That'd be, that'd be huge for the club. <laughs> it would be absolutely massive. So let's uh, switch back across here. So Gil McLaughlin, he's announced that he will stand aside at season's completion. Obviously a really big story. Was there any murmurs of this? Is there something that has taken us all by surprise? Or do we kind of think this was, it was coming out, we just didn't realise it was going to come out today? So, yeah, the last I kind of heard of it was probably pre-pandemic um, mm. when he was kind of thinking about moving on. And, and since then, you know, it's been two and a half long years now. Um, since then, I, you know, personally had just completely forgotten about his plans, his thoughts about that situation. And I think it is a good time for him to announce it. Um, he's, he's kind of guided the ship throughout the pandemic. A lot of, um, you know, revenue lost over that period for AFL, but um, it, the game is in such a good place still, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and his resume over the last eight years that he's been in charge has been absolutely insane. I think, you know, the AFLW is definitely his magnum opus, setting that up. Um, it's been a long time coming, and the competition will be a staple of the, the footy landscape for, for centuries, you'd hope. Um, so that's definitely, you know, his greatest accomplishment and, and probably the greatest accomplishment we've seen um, over the last few decades for 
a CEO of the AFL. Yeah, very um, important legacy that he's going to be able to look back on and, and be pretty proud of. Any ideas on who might really be the front runner? I've seen quite a few names that are thrown up across Tuesday. Um, do you have any inclination of who might be a front runner or do we just really wait and see the process wind its way through? Yeah, well, originally, you know, the first time I kind of thought about it without um, tapping into anyone else's ideas or, or thoughts about it or reports, it was probably Travis Ald who does the fixturing and, you know, has been around the AFL for a long time. I thought he was probably next in line. Um, but looking at Brendan Gale, I think he's a serious chance um, after his success with the Tigers. You know, if he's stepping away from Richmond, um, I think the AFL is a likely destination for him and, his, his resume speaks for itself. I think that um, he'd probably be the guy that they'd be looking at um, the most. I think the competition really needs someone to, you know, take it out of this COVID period as, as we're kind of exiting that kind of area um, and, and to really start making some revenue from this season onwards to invest in the grassroots, in my opinion. I think participation from kids all the way through to adults is, is kind of sketchy out of the pandemic right now, which affects the passion for the game, the ticket sales, the memberships, all of that kind of stuff. So I think Brendan Gale might be the one um, that could possibly lead the ship out of this. He'd okay. be my choice. And then I guess it's uh, time for, for Gil to look at what's still yet to be achieved in his agenda before he does sign off and um, hand back the keys. I would think, again, without sort of looking into anything and just off the off my own thoughts, the CBA for both the male and the female players is probably a really big ticket item that needs to get sorted out. The CBA for the women needs to be sorted out as soon as possible. That's probably the, the biggest agenda um, on his plate right now, and it needs to definitely get done. It probably should have been done by now already, Jen, in my True. opinion. Um, obviously, the men as well, because hopefully from this season, you know, we're not sure about it yet, but um, the AFL should be back um, in the green making revenue. Mm. Um, and, you know, when you when you talk about revenue, you need to start talking about the players because they've, they've made huge sacrifices um, over this period, and you want to start talking about the soft cap and that kind of stuff as well for clubs. So, yeah, the, you're exactly right, Jen. Those two are absolutely huge to, to work out the CBAs. Um, and then, you know, just in general, I think, you know, the AFL needs to sort out just some little stuff around um, ticketing and memberships and getting people, you know, more enthusiastic about attending games. You know, attendance has been a little bit down over the last few weeks. Um, so I feel like that's probably an area that Gil will be looking heavily into over the next few weeks. All right. If we then shift focus now and just look um, at the AFL men's competition as a whole at the moment, obviously a, a big round all completed, heaps of games coming up across Thursday all the way through to Easter Monday, um, games every day, um, some big injuries across the latest round. How are the teams' um, health, li- health lists going at the moment? Yeah, it's actually – some some teams are going really well. I, I think uh, the Lions are always so good with this. I think they've got two – um, players on their injury report right now, whereas Carlton, I know there are a few COVID kind of health and safety yeah. guys right now, but I think they have about 10 or 12 on their um, injury list. So, you know, it obviously does uh, vary from club to club, but the big ones right now, obviously, Paddy Cripps was the one on Sunday afternoon that we all saw. It's, it's a, kind of a weird hamstring. I, I don't think it is a, a tear or a nick of, of the hammy. I think yeah. um, he's actually all right, just a bit of tightness. Um, in that area, but he's, he's going to miss this week. I, I, I'm not sure he's going to come back next week. I know the club said that it's likely a one-week injury, um, but I'm, I'm not sure if you want to be risking him with all of his injury history. I know they're not you know, usually soft tissue um, injuries per se mm-hmm. uh, that he's had in the past, but 
I think that it could possibly be more than one week for, for Cripper. Jamie Elliott's a huge one for the Pies. He's such yeah. a good player. I think, you know, he's never been All-Australian, but um, he's one of those small forwards that could easily, if he got a clear run of it, be an All-Australian. Um, and he's, he's going to be out the next three months, unfortunately, with that shoulder. Um, Nat Fife, his back, his shoulder, his ankle, you name it, he's, he's under the weather right now. Hopefully, he'll be back in the next month. I'm not too sure um, the update on the other areas of his body, but his back <laughs> is probably giving him the, the biggest issues right now um, for the Dockers. Um, Ollie Wines' heart, I thought, was very concerning on Friday night. Um, yeah. It's great to hear that he's out of hospital and he's moving around. He's been, uh, he's not going to play this round, but I think the news coming out of um, Alberton's really good around him and he's making steady progress. Um, and, and even better news for the power, who, you know, obviously the bottom of the ladder right now. Literally is a test for this week, which is pretty exciting because he's um, their most valuable player, in my opinion. Um, and then also Buddy, Lance Franklin's gone under under the knife with, with a finger. He'll miss one to two weeks. So hopefully he gets back on the track and um, back into the, to the AFL system soon. Yeah, actually, that's a, a game, um, I guess, of, of rivals going back to their couple of um, wicked grand final appearances, West Coast and Sydney Swans. They do battle over in the West on Friday and, and they'll be without Nick Natanui and Buddy Franklin, so both teams sort of without their talismans as well. Yeah, exactly. I want to get on to West Coast as well because they just had an incredible win, Jen. And I know that you, know, you travel across the country to Marvel without your starting kind of midfield. They're set to welcome back Shuey and Yo and Tim Kelly. Um, but I thought they just, the stars that stood up, like Jeremy McGovern and Tom Barras and even even a guy like Willie Rioli who missed all of last year, I thought it was absolutely incredible to, to watch them on Saturday afternoon against the Pies, who have been really impressive so far. Now they've got Nick Nack out, as you say, for the next three months. It's a huge blow. Um, but I'm just so glad they picked up that win with, you know, a kind of a makeshift lineup still. And they're, they're set to welcome back all these big names. So, you know, West Coast is in a much better position than they were um, a couple of weeks into the season. Absolutely. And I think that you get the impression now that those players, you know, that waffle midfield that they did utilise, you now know that if they need to call back on them, they're in a much better position as soon as they need them again. So uh, they've come out of a pretty disastrous month and a bit um, pretty well and got some reward for, for their efforts. So West Coast may, may be still a threat um, still to come as you assume some other teams will get hit you know, at different points in the season. So we'll follow you know, the ups and downs of lots of teams. It's just West Coast have gone through it first. Now, uh, Paddy Ryder, he um, attempted to appeal with the tribunal on Tuesday night, and I believe that that has been, um, well, withheld. So upheld, he'll still yeah. miss the yeah, yeah. upheld. He'll still have the two-game uh, suspension. Yeah, I, I don't really like um, talking about the tribunal too much and, and disagreeing with their decision because mm. they're obviously in a much better place than us common folk to, to make these decisions. But, man, I, I hated this. Um, I hated this so much that he actually got banned for two weeks. I thought he slowed down his momentum and Will Day ran into him. Um, I thought he actually he actually did a lot to take care of Will Day there, you know, unless you know, you're expecting him to hug him and, and to wrap his arms around him to stop his momentum or something like that. I just, I just think that's part of football, what, what the collision was in the middle of the MCG. And, you know... I'm all for you know stamping out these concussions and limiting them as much as possible because it's you know one of the biggest issues in the game right now. But there's there's not much you can do to avoid that. It's still a contact sport, Jen. and I think I think what Paddy Ryder did was completely fine by the way of the law. And I really disagree with this decision. 
Yeah, it's been a bit like that. A lot of people talking about it. I think his defence also used uh, Tom English, um, English from earlier, uh, and and sort of said, look, these were similar, and he didn't even get reported. Uh, obviously, it didn't it didn't come through. So it's hard, as you said, it's hard for us common folks sometimes to see or understand what the differences are between player to player, but plenty of discussion about Paddy Ryder nonetheless. Uh, some other things to discuss as well. Uh, it's NBA play-in tournament time. I know you're a big NBA fan, so let's um, ch- change it up and, and go to some basketball. Uh, what's happening in the NBA play-ins? Well, yeah, the play-in starts tomorrow morning, which is exciting. Um, and finally, we're going to be seeing what, what these nets are actually made of. You know, the regular season, they haven't been taking it too seriously. They've had a lot of injuries. They've had Kyrie play half the games, all that kind of stuff. Now, we finally get to see what the Brooklyn Nets can do. They're coming up against the, the Cleveland Cavaliers tomorrow morning um, at 9 a.m. Eastern time. And I, I probably expect them to win pretty convincingly. And if they don't, I think there are real issues here um, coming into a, a likely playoff series with um, one of two really good sides, the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics. Now, uh, if they if they do win, they'll play the Celtics, and that 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 might be the best two v seven kind of playoff series ever, because <laughs> we know how good KD and Kyrie are. With Ben Simmons kind of starting to ramp things up, hopefully we'll see him at some point in the playoffs as well. Um, and the Boston Celtics have been the best defensive side in the NBA in the second half of the season, so I think that's going to be an incredible one to watch um, if the Nets do get up tomorrow morning. I think. Um, the Wolves and the Clippers will be a really fascinating one to watch as well. We've got Paul George coming back for the Clippers, uh-huh. um, coming up against uh, you know, some stars like Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. So I think that's going to be a fun one to watch um, over in the West. And then my Hornets, Jenna, coming up against the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young um, on Thursday morning, which I'm a bit nervous about because we saw how good the, the Hawks were in playoff situations um, last year. They made it all the way to the conference finals, obviously. Um, so I'm a little bit nervous about our chances in that one. But the good news is that Melo Ball is playing the best basketball of his, of his young career. Um, he's shooting about 45% from three over his last 10 games and, and scoring about 23 points per game. So I think he, if he's you know playing at that level again, we're going to be a really good chance. Um, but Trey Young is a very, very good player. So um, I'm a little bit nervous about that one, Jed. <laughs> and the last of those, so game four, the San Antonio Spurs take on the Pelicans, New Orleans Pel- Pelicans, don't they? Yeah, these are two sides that you know have not performed well in the regular season, and they kind of squeeze in because sides like um, the Lakers haven't really been performing to expectations, and the Sacramento Kings have stayed on par with what they produced over their last twenty years of existence. So uh, I think the the Spurs would would be my pick here, simply because I think Dejounte Murray is the best player on that court. Um, I, I like CJ McCollum, I like Brandon Ingram, but. Dejounte Murray is such a good defender, and he should, in my opinion, be first team all defense this year. Um, and couple it with him averaging twenty points per game and, and ten assists almost. I think he's easily the best player on the court. And in in some playoff situations like this, that's all you really need. Mm. We saw it, you know, last year with teams like um, the Bucks just having Giannis being unguardable. It, it makes everything around him so much easier to produce and, and to perform at a high level for his teammates. But I think Dejounte Murray can do that um, against the Pelicans on Thursday night. Oh, Thursday. <laughs> Morning for us. Yeah. <laughs> Wrapping your head around the time differences is sometimes the trickiest yeah. thing of our job, I reckon. <laughs> um, miscommunicating it is probably my signature move at the moment, getting the times wrong. <laughs> um, to circle back as we finish up, you must have had a smile on your face when you saw Maddie Prasparkis announce that she had advised Carlton she wanted to um, head over to the Bombers for next season of AFLW. Yeah, these are huge moves, and Maddie might be the biggest one yet. 
Um, for Sparkers, the 2020 best and fairest to the league, obviously, and Georgia G as well. Um, two absolutely huge coups um, by the Dons against the arch rival in, in Carlton as well. For your inaugural club, I can't think of someone better than Maddie Press-Barkers to be your marquee signing. She is probably you know a top three, four midfielder um, in the competition, and she's such a good leader, and she's so young still. So I think she just ticks every single box for the Dons um, to be you know on a six-figure salary as being as being reported right now as well. It's huge for the competition. It's um, puts more pressure on the CBA being upped for, for Gill and Co, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic news right now. Um, I think it's, you know, on the flip side, you know, I'm a Dom supporter and I absolutely love this. On the flip side, you, you talk to Blue supporters about losing their connection to the club and now you've got the Hosking twins, Taylor Harris, Bree Davey, and now Chris Parker's moving on from the club in, in a few short years. I think it really disenfranchises supporters. Um, right now, you know, you can take three players from a club without um, trades for the, for the four um, clubs coming into the competition, Sydney, Hawthorne, Port Adelaide and Essendon. Um, and then if you're in the same state, so New South Wales, Sydney can take up to eight um, players from GWS, I believe, which is a huge number. It's massive, isn't it? Uh, and I think it does, it just really disenfranchises some supporters, I think. And I, don't, I can't really think of a better way to go about it because, you know, you, you'd be looking at these inaugural clubs really struggling if they couldn't get AFLW quality onto their list right away. Um, but, yeah, it, it does definitely suck for these established clubs to be losing their best players, especially when you're at Carlton right now, who's really struggled the last two seasons to back up their performances. Um, so you know, if they're not uh, winning games as it is, they're not going to be doing much better when they have two of their best players out of the site. Oh, I completely agree with you. It's it, There's no real right or, or better answer for it, but it does create great news on one side and, as you said, disenfranchises the other side. Uh, Jasper, it's been brilliant to talk to you on the Overnight Crowd. Thanks for your energy tonight and for all your information. It's been great to chat. Always a pleasure, Jen. I'll see you next week. Absolutely. That's Jasper Chelipar from the Inner Sanctum just chatting with us about all things across the sporting world with a big focus, of course, on Aussie rules football. Time for your calls and your texts next on the Overnight Crowd. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.